You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill. With me, as always, Kip Adams. We've got Rusty Mansell out on the road, keeping the roads hot as we go through these summer months. Uh, Kip, how's it holding up for you? Man, my system is, is getting pushed to the limit right now. All I could say is, guys, uh, stay hydrated. Uh, when that when that sun sets, man, it's 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 a beautiful thing right now. It, it is it is not cool outside right now. It's pretty warm. So, uh, good luck, Rusty, and to all those teams out there in the seven on sevens right now in practice. Uh, yeah, stay hydrated because it is. It is something else out there right now. I, I just went to uh, my physical therapy session and I broke a sweat just getting to the car. But then that may say a little bit more about me than the weather. But it's 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 definitely a scorcher out there right now, Jordan. Yeah, it's not helping the calls. That's for sure. I put it on our board. I've started waking up earlier to walk the dog because I, dude, by eight nine a.m. Man, it is hot in Athens. Um, but that's just the time of year, and and you know what? That lets us know, though, Kip, is that football's really just about right around the corner. Goodness, it really is, and there there just really is no off season anymore. And I guess that's why you know we do this pod year round because there's really always something to talk about with Georgia football. And yeah, I mean, they you got the fresh the freshmen, all the enrollees are now in there. You got your voluntary workouts going on, and yeah, they are right around the corner from uh those team workouts starting up. So uh yeah, we'll be we'll be talking about this upcoming season before you know it. You got you know, still your SEC meetings uh, coming up as well. So uh, it's it's really starting to, to really come together now. And I'm glad we we got all of our, our vacations out the way because it's it's about to be a marathon. Yes, we're about to be in it full force. And then let's jump into what's been the biggest news of this week. Georgia picks up another commitment in the 2023 class. This is their ninth commitment. Joshua Miller, they flip him from Penn State, a three-star interior offensive lineman is at least what he's projected to play. Uh, you know, we heard a little bit of buzz about this in, in the you know hours and maybe the day or so before uh, Joshua Miller does this flips from Penn State, a guy that I remember uh, when Georgia first offered him, I think that might have been about a month ago, looking through his social media, and one of the things he had said was that he was 107% committed to Penn State. Hey, Georgia, you know, Kirby Smart and Stacey Searles, credit to those guys getting after him and, and making a pitch that he couldn't turn down. Uh, what's immediately your reaction to what you've gotten to see about Joshua Miller or what you think about his addition to this 2023 class? Well, first off, Georgia's been mentioned with a lot of interior offensive linemen this cycle and a lot of really highly rated guys. So, you know, when a guy like Joshua Miller comes in and and, and commits uh i guess some people look and go okay uh not the highest rated guy in the in the world even though when we're talking about you know interior offensive lineman that's not the premier position like an edge rusher or even a left tackle in, in georgia there again there were some highly rated guys madden sanker uh yet you, you know tj shanahan they're still involved with uh several different guys that again or have four stars next to their name and have been mentioned with Georgia a lot more. But here's the thing 
about Joshua Miller. Like you said, in the middle of May, they extend that offer. That's one of those, you know, evaluation offers. Uh, Stacy Sarles goes and sees him, uh, is impressed. Uh, you know, they they extend an offer. Well, what does Joshua Miller do? June first, he makes sure he's right there in Athens, and he works out for Stacy Sarles and Eddie Gordon. And right there, that tells you what his mindset was. He probably knew the deal. Georgia doesn't have a bunch of spots to hand out uh, along the offensive line, but really the interior offensive line. They already have, you know, one guy committed in Ryquees McElroy. And so maybe there's one spot, maybe there's two. He comes in and works out. And what he did was he shook the board up. He came in there and impressed the coaching staff. And they had to go back and say, you know what? This is uh this is a guy that maybe we need to move to the top of the board and we need to make sure he knows he's got a spot and they probably let him know and and he took it and that that was his point it says a lot about Joshua Miller and if you just look at him as a prospect he's a guy that listed at 65320 uh i think that's a situation where you know he worked to improve his body and you could see that in some of the recent workout videos for him, not just the ones where he's dunk, you know, dunking a basketball, but just ones where he's out there, uh, you know, doing his own little workouts. He's got some athleticism and he's, I mean, I still don't even believe he's over 300 pounds just because of his body makeup. It's just a situation where that's a guy that put in the time, put in the work, reshaped his body. And we've seen guys do that on the offensive line and really move up uh Georgia's recruiting board and that's just exactly what he did he just worked out impressed the coaching staff I think he's probably six four six four and a half barefoot just a little bit over 300 pounds now I think he's under 310 now so he's already again made more moves to to that weight listed at 320 but I mean they have him running the 40 they have him doing uh, footwork drills out there they knew exactly what they were getting in Joshua Miller and the fact that they were ready to take him with other guys in town and on official visits just tells you that he was a guy that their eval says they should take him now and, and worry about it later with the numbers. And so that, that just tells me uh, where Stacey Sarles is, where Kirby Smart, Todd Munkin are in their board. Uh, when they have a guy and they work him out in camp and they give him the green light, that's about as updated as an evaluation as you can really get. Yeah, Kip, you hit on a lot of the stuff that I was going to kind of talk about with Joshua. I mean, and shout out to Rusty. He had this on our board. So if you're a board member, you've probably already seen this. Measured at 6'4 309 when he came in for that June 1st workout. Ran like a 5'240. You know, I think it's a situation where sometimes, you know, fans get a little caught up on just looking directly at the recruiting rankings and then say, well, this guy's a three-star. What are we doing putting him at this position? You know, why are we making him such a priority? You know, I think, like you said, Kip, a lot of credit needs to go to Joshua Miller for the work he's put in to make the most of really this offseason, trying to get his body right, try to get himself in a position where he is a highly coveted offensive line recruit. And I think you see uh, how that worked out for him, the fact that he gets this opportunity and has committed to Georgia. And, you know, I wanted to make sure, too, because a big part of this conversation is offensive line in the 2023 class. How many guys are Georgia going to take? You know, how many, uh, how are sort of the puzzles going to come together? How are the pieces going to come together uh, with right now three offensive line commits? 
I wrote a little bit about this on Monday after Joshua committed, but what do you sort of make of um, Georgia's options with three guys committed at the offensive line, including two interior guys? Uh, what, what do you sort of see them doing with um, the guys that are still kind of in the mix and, and uh, you know, what this what might wind up looking like as far as the offensive lineman Georgia brings in as part of the 2023 class? I think it's pretty clear right now that Georgia, you know, they have one offensive tackle on board right now in Bo Healy out of Langston Hughes High School in Fairburn, Georgia. That's a guy that's 6'7", 290 pounds, uh, you know, really has the frame you look for and, and has all checks all the boxes of what Georgia's looking for as far as athleticism and and that the upside at the offensive tackle position. Guy that schools like Auburn and other programs are still recruiting and and trying to work on, but right now keeping him's probably pretty high on the priority list. And I think Georgia's in a really good spot right now to keep him in the fold. But you know they want to add another offensive tackle uh, to the list, and so I think you look at Monroe Feeling out of uh, Pleasant, South Carolina, uh, Oceanside Collegiate, uh, another top 100 guy just like Bo Hewley, and again six seven over 280 pounds similar frame a guy that could probably play left tackle down the road if, if you know if you want him to left or right tackle gives you that flexibility which is really something that i can tell is crucial this class it's just that you want the versatility i mean they always say you want someone who could play all five offensive line positions but i really think george has put an emphasis on guys who if they need to plug them in at left guard or center or right tackle they could do that just to give them, you know, the ability to to change their lineups depending on whether guys get hurt or or development of guys. And I think that Monroe is a guy that Stacy Sarles has been in on for a long time, back when he was at North Carolina. So that established relationship, that's really the guy that we've kind of seen uh, throughout this cycle at Dog Super Center as a guy that we think Georgia has a really good chance with. And so, you know, you're still recruiting other guys. You don't even have an official visit set with him yet. He's taken a you know an official visit to Notre Dame. He's got one coming to Florida and Miami as well. Uh, but I think Georgia is going to get him on campus again, and and they have a really really good chance with him. And then he also just have Samson Okunola out of uh, Braintree, Massachusetts. He's a five star, number three uh, offensive tackle in the country. I believe he's going to be in town this week, if if not uh, today, as we record this show. Uh, I think he's either going to be in town Monday or Tuesday with his team. You know, there's seven on seven tournaments going on at Georgia this week. I think there's going to be four tournaments, to be honest with you. So that means it's probably going to be upwards of 50, 60 high schools. But they're also just going to have recruits every day as as they have all June. Anytime they can get a guy on campus, they're going to get a guy on campus. And, and Samson, again, 6'5", 305 pounds, a, a five-star prospect. Getting a guy like that on campus is huge. He's taken an official visit to Michigan State. He's got Alabama this weekend. So anytime you can get a guy like that on campus and, and continue to recruit him and and then try to make a move on that is is something that obviously Stacy Searles wants to do. But if you can land one of those guys with, with the group he has, he can be really, really selective. And obviously, you know, if if they have four guys in the boat, uh, they can really start to look and see if they want to take a fifth guy. And I think it's possible ta- they take five offensive linemen in this cycle, uh, but it has to be the right five. And just to make things more interesting, I mean, we had, we had a guy just coming off an official visit, the uh, Kelton Smith out of Carver High School in Columbus, Georgia. 
You know, I, I think Georgia's in a really, really good place for him, 6'5", 300 pounds. And like I said, he's one of those guys that could play four or five positions on the offensive line. So he, he fits exactly what Georgia's looking for, and he's an in-state guy. And I, so I think, you know, really uh, coming off the official visit last week with him, I really like where Georgia is. And he's coming back with his his teammates to the 7-on-7 seven seven this week as well and bringing his family. And when you make that return trip right around and you bring your family again, probably bodes well for, for a school's chances to, to land that recruit. No doubt about it. I mean, Kelton Smith, Carver Columbus, obviously Dale McGee knows that uh, school well, having coached down there. And I can tell you, too, from being a former Columbus Ledger Inquirer reporter, if they're coming out of Carver Columbus, they're really, really talented. And, you know, the, the situation that's going to be very interesting to follow with offensive line going forward is just what you said, Kip, is – you know, who winds up getting these spots because there's a limited number of spots. But, you know, that's sort of the beauty of where Georgia is in recruiting right now. You can pick and choose, and, you know, there's going to be guys that don't wind up becoming Bulldogs, but you got to make the right choices with the talent ahead of you. And, uh, you know, it's going to be something to follow. We'll see how Stacey Searles and, and Kirby as well, how they kind of handle this and decide who is the best fit going forward. Well, on that, uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back uh, in a few moments, uh, talk just a little bit about these last few weekends of visits, and uh, talk a little bit more about what's going on in the recruiting scene. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back, everybody. Well, before we talk about um, some of the visits we've seen the last few weeks, uh, I saw Craig Lawson in the chat was asking about the biggest competition for Justice Haynes. Uh, Kip, what sort of your feel on on Justice, who obviously is a Georgia a legacy with his dad having been a Bulldog? Um, who is sort of the the other team or teams you think are really pushing to get him uh, when it's all said and done? Yeah, it's a big cycle for Dale McGee. Got to uh, restock that that offensive backfield, and Justin Haynes is definitely one of the the best in the country, the number four running back in the country in both twenty four seven sports and the composite rankings. Recently, uh, I think transferred to Buford, Georgia. So he's he's going to be over there helping uh, the Wolves on another championship run. It's been a busy month for him. Uh, he took his official visit to Georgia first on June 3rd, coming off an official visit to Florida, and he's got Alabama and Ohio State, uh, you know, to round out the this month. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of these schools are kind of recruiting the same running backs, and they're all kind of in the mix for the same guys. But, you know, uh, Dale needs to get two guys this cycle. And, I mean, Justice, if you're looking for that first guy, he's obviously, you know, being, being uh, you know, an, uh, 
a legacy recruit and, 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 you know, being in state, he's moved at the top of the list uh, for Dell McGee. And I think he's made him a priority throughout the cycle. So if I'm looking at the, you know, these schools and I'm, I'm trying to pinpoint who I think has the best chance of, of pushing Georgia, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Ohio state just based on what they've been able to do recently, the position, but also uh, I think that he's got a good relationship with that coaching staff, but I, I still say, you know, Georgia's going to be hard to beat here. And I think, you know, if you're the other schools, you're taking your shop, you kind of know that, you know, Georgia is going to be in a very good place. I mean, if you look at his father, Veron Haynes, pretty famous Georgia Bulldog player, uh, made some big plays, made a pretty good uh, play uh, in Knoxville, kind of pretty famous for that. But just being that legacy, you know, he's given everyone a fair shot. But I, I think Georgia's been in the in the back of his mind throughout. He's just trying to, you know, be diligent in the process and make sure it's the right fit because, you know, he's trying to only do this process once. Transfer portal obviously gives you a chance to do it more than once if it doesn't work out, but you'd rather get it right the first time, especially at running back. You know, every, you know that's the one position where if you're going to be three and out, you know, you want to you want to be that as a running back to have minimal wear and tear, uh, so you can go to the league and and try to get one or two contracts if possible. So I, I think and when all is said and done, I, I think that he will be Dale McGee's uh, r- first running back commitment in this cycle, and then he could. He can really start to focus on some of these other guys, and he's got uh, maybe the best running back in the country coming uh, and this weekend in Richard Young, I mean, out of Florida, five-star guy that that Del McGee's battling for, and that'll probably be a little bit tougher battle uh, with guys like Alabama and, and Oklahoma and Notre Dame in the mix for him. I like, I think Alabama kind of has some momentum with Richard Young right now, but I think Georgia is the one school. That's going to push them, and I, if Dell McGee can can land a, a running back tandem like Richard Young and Justice Haynes, then that, that that's kind of restocking that backfield with the, those duos that we kind of saw a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean that's sort of uh, Georgia really pushing to maintain that uh, argument for RBU, which we hear so often, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with Justice because obviously a lot of uh, you know top teams are really pushing to get him uh, to sign when it's all said and done. Uh, but uh, doesn't doesn't hurt when uh, when your dad is responsible for P44 Haynes. There's a lot of Georgia fans that'd be happy to see him in the red and black uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, you know, Kip, uh, we talked. I guess that's been a week or so ago now. Coming off the Arch Manning visit, we talked about how important that was. We talked about sort of uh, you know the the aftermath of it. You know where we felt Georgia stood, not only with Arch, but you know a lot of the other people that were. Uh, in town for that visit you know obviously there was double digit recruits that were a part of that weekend and since that time there's been some other big visits to Athens we've seen some guys that Georgia really really covets having come in had a chance to check out the program once again and you and I both have had a chance to talk to a few guys and sort of get a feel for what they thought once they were leaving Athens uh, what sort of sticks out to you from what you've heard, whether it's from specific players these last few weeks or or just generally uh, sort of the vibe you've gotten from the recruits you've been talking to? Well, there's there's kind of several levels of guys as far as the nine official visitors they had in town last week. 
you know, I'll start with just the guys that they came into the weekend in a really good place with. And it starts with uh, Joel Nell Aguero, the five-star safety out of St. John's in, in Massachusetts, the number two safety in the country. Uh, we have thought that George has been in a good place, I guess, through most of his recruitment, really. And coming off the official visit, and then right before that, just setting that commitment date for July 23rd. You know, when you when he's able to kind of already know he's ready to make a decision, you know, that bodes pretty well for a school that's kind of in the lead at, at the moment. And I think Georgia is well positioned there. Um, he's on campus at Florida right now for an official visit. Still has Ohio State this weekend and Miami next week. Uh, I still like Georgia's chances of him. And I mean, that's a position, a big need for Georgia this cycle is, is help at the safety position. I think we've talked multiple times about the safety depth is just not where Kirby Smart would like it to be right now. So uh, this cycle, you're you're going to want to get a couple guys that can potentially come in and help out in year one or year two. And he's obviously a guy that profiles in that, you know, in that arena that has that kind of talent to be able to come in and help him out a lot. And yeah, I, th I think they, they came out in a, in a really good place for him. And also with Jamal Jarrett, uh, you see a guy like Jordan Davis, in town over the weekend just happens to, to be back in Athens and there's any recruit in this cycle who we're going to uh, put that pressure on them to have that comparison to a guy like Jordan Davis it's going to be Jamal Jarrett just because he's a guy that's six five uh, you know pushing 340 pounds but the athleticism is just truly remarkable uh, for a player that size and the fact that he's from the you know from North Carolina and Greensboro that that's just another connection there to Jordan Davis with him coming uh, out of Mallard Creek. So I think for Georgia, they were in a really good place for him. And I mean, he gave me a glowing report. He basically said, you know, uh, I've been to Auburn. I've been to North Carolina. Uh, this official visit kind of reset the bar for me. And honestly, he basically sounded like he's not sure if he needs to take any more visits. He might be a guy that announces a decision, uh, if not in June, then, then maybe in July. So that's another uh, prospect that I really like where George is at. And again, you get a guy with that kind of size, and, and obviously in, in, in George's defense, uh, that's exactly what you want along your defensive front. The guys with size and athleticism, if you can ever get both, it's kind of an elite do. And I, I think Jamal Jarrett kind of uh, checks those boxes for Georgia. So I think those are two guys I already liked where Georgia stood with. And then as far as momentum guys, guys where maybe Georgia made a move with, uh, you know, that kind of starts with, with Tyler Williams, the wide receiver from who recently transferred to Lakeland, Florida, 6'3", 180 pounds, a, a four-star guy, a guy that Br uh, Brian McClendon is really keyed in on uh, in this cycle. I think uh, if you're going to look for a, a coach who's probably the busiest this cycle, uh, it's Brian McClendon because I think they're, you know, they're going to try to bring in f maybe four wide receivers this cycle, and and he is recruiting a lot of guys for those spots. But I kind of like where Tyler Williams is coming out of this official visit. I know that Steve Wilfong went ahead and put in a crystal ball for Tyler Williams to Georgia, uh, but he still has some visits left. I mean, he's at South Carolina now. Uh, got Texas A&M later this month. Uh, he's kind of that X factor. I don't really know when he plans on making a decision. Once we get a better feel for his timeline, 
I could really like where Georgia stands. I like where they stand right now. And I think they, they've kind of made a move in his recruitment. And then before I mentioned Kelton Smith out of Carver, he's coming off that official visit. I, I think Georgia's in a good spot with him. So if I'm looking at this group of nine and I'm saying these are guys I could see in Georgia's class as of now, uh, th- those are probably the four I would go with. Uh, you know, it's tough to pick among the linebackers who have taken official visits, but just because Glenn Schumann has basically got his pick this cycle. And, you know, when you produce uh, multiple Buckus Award winners and, you know, have the three guys drafted he just did with Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, and obviously Kobe Dean, you're you're able to have the recruiting equity to, to basically pick who you want. And that's kind of what Glenn Schumann's being able to do this cycle. So it's tough to really get a feel for, for who's at the top of the board, but he's going to probably pick three from this group of seven. He's got an official visits this month. And I think Troy Boyles is probably one of those guys that, that's close to the top, if not at the top. Uh, and so that's a guy that, you know, coming off the official visit, George is probably in a pretty good place with him as well. Got Ohio State later this month to watch in his recruitment. But, again, I, I think there's a lot of momentum right now, even if maybe it's it's not showing up on that public commitment list right now. I, I think that, you know, they're, they're well into the double digits of guys that the coaching staff has a good feel for them being in this class. And I think we're going to see some of those guys over the next four to six weeks probably go public with their commitments to Georgia. People were talking about it being a quiet June. Well, brother, it is not quiet for very much longer. That much is clear. There was two things that I kind of want to hit on just off of what you had said. Uh, One, Troy Bowles, if you recognize that name, his father is Todd Bowles, former Jets head coach and now Buccaneers head coach. So uh, obviously uh, that would be very, very interesting if he winds up uh, going and uh, and, uh, winds up going to Georgia. I thought it was very interesting that Rusty pointed out last week that Brandon Boykin was talking to the team, and Brandon had actually played for Todd Bowles uh, once upon a time. So that was pretty good timing uh, as far as getting him in. They always kind of have things thought out in that way. And and I thought, too, when you're talking about Jamal Jarrett, you talk about Jordan Davis coming back to town. The thing I kept thinking about was right, it was at Pro Day this year that, you know, Kirby was asked about producing guys like Jordan Davis, producing guys like George Pickens, what that does for you in recruiting. And, you know, I thought Kirby made a very, very good point, again, which we saw uh, with that visit. He said, you know, you show the next Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis. You show the next George Pickens, hey, you know, George Pickens came from here. I think that's invaluable. I mean, as much as, you know, talk about like NIL and things like that have come into the picture, these guys still want to go play in the NFL one day. That's a big dream for, I'd say, the majority of the type of players that Georgia's bringing in. And we saw clearly with Jamal Jarrett uh, that they understood that that would be appealing to him to have Jordan Davis on site and to say, hey, you know, we did it with him and this is an opportunity where you can go come to Georgia and do it for yourself. Yeah, definitely. And uh, again, these these are the type of guys that, you're coming off a national championship with you you have as many recruiting points as you possibly uh could want to have right now whether you know whether it's uniforms that they're never going to wear again or uh you know whether it's thrones that it looks like every school now has a throne i mean the photo shoot has become 
such a huge part of the official visit and uh the, the amount of props that these schools are starting to have is uh it's it's starting to you know i just have to chuckle every time i see the the pictures whether it's an axe a baseball bat you know uh i'm i'm still waiting to see what the what the next thing will be but uh georgia seems to to have it kind of down on the official visits i think now that we're hearing guys that have taken you know more than one this month and compare them Georgia's starting to compare really well just in their organization, just the and how they have everything scheduled out, and also just the the interaction that they're able to have, even though they have again more, double digits of official visitors uh, in town at the same time in June, which again we haven't seen before. But it looks like this coaching staff had a pretty good plan for that. The recruits I talked to, the one thing that kind of stood out was even though they had that many guys there. Uh, how much time they got to spend with Kirby Smart and how much time he made sure to give them. So it sounds like uh, Kirby still kind of knows what he's doing in this recruiting game. And, you know, another June where maybe some questions are being asked about Georgia's recruiting class, it sounds like Kirby, uh, once again, has most of the answers uh, that are going to help him get another pretty special class and kind of reload this roster heading into 2023 and beyond. Well, we'll get ready to wrap this episode up here in a few minutes. I want to talk about a story I did today, which truthfully, you know, this has been something that I've really kept tabs on and, and been really intrigued by this offseason. And it's been Georgia going through the transfer portal. You know, we saw last year Georgia added three guys, two which were really big and Darion Kendrick. Well, actually, Darion Kendrick was really the big guy. Tyke Smith was dealing with injuries. Eric Gilbert obviously wasn't really with the team, but got a really high expectations going into this year. And so far, you know, we're talking what? I think it's June 13th, June 14th. No transfer portal additions. And it's been sort of a surprise. I did a story today on it. And the only other FBS programs as it stands that has not had a transfer portal addition, Navy, Army, and Air Force, which you can obviously understand being service academies. Um, but it's really intriguing to see, you know, what has caused this, what sort of the thinking on it. And uh, the the big things that really stand out to me, uh, which I think we've talked about before, you know, going into right after spring, we talked about potentially who they could target uh, in the portal. But it's a numbers game. I mean, as we stand right now, I believe we project Georgia to have 88 scholarship players as it stands you know, there's a question about if some of those freshmen may walk on, if there will be forward counters, um, how they could potentially get below that. But even if they do get below it, it's not going to be by much. And then on the other hand, you look at the amount of players that Georgia has signed uh, and the amount of players that are just coming back on this team. You know, you sign 30 players uh, from the high school ranks in that 2022 class. That was tied for the most in the nation. That was tied with like Texas A&M. Uh, and, and you look too, I, I wrote in that story, I would really encourage uh, anyone listening. If you're interested in the portal and sort of how things work, well, it really struck me with the fact that Georgia signed that many players in the high school ranks. If you look at the top five schools that had the most guys signed, Georgia by far has the most returning lettermen. They've got a lot of experience coming back. They've got a lot of, players coming back, um, I think that, you know, contributed to this. I think the fact there's not a lot of wiggle room, I think the amount of experience they have, um, and the fact not many people left after spring. If I'm remembering right, I think three guys, you know, ultimately went in the portal and stayed. You know, whether they thought there'd be more guys who would leave or not, you know, is not really part of 
the equation. The, the matter is not many guys left. Um, so it's a very interesting situation when it comes to the portal. And, you know, I think it's a situation where Kirby's talked before. Obviously, they've used the portal when they've needed to. But he's preached a lot about culture. He's preached a lot about bringing in those high school guys, sort of the traditional route, and letting them become part of the program and letting them learn under those older guys. You know, there may be a bump or two here along the way, but this is going to be a year where we see how that works out, how that kind of comes to bear, um, and how they rely on some of these younger guys to maybe play bigger roles this year. Yeah, definitely. And then there's the fact that you still have some players that were trying to graduate at their respective school so that they could leave as a graduate transfer, you know, uh, maybe guys that have already transferred once. So you'll kind of have another set of guys that could still enter the portal, obviously, you know, SEC guys, you know, that, that still, that deadline has passed, but graduate transfers, I mean, they're able to, to leave and, and be eligible immediately wherever they go. So it's just kind of a, one more group of guys that could potentially be added to this, the transfer portal pool. Uh, as of right now, just looking at the way it is, if Georgia was going to move on someone, they they probably would have by now. Um, but I mean, there's still there still have spots that you can kind of hold. I mean, maybe there's two two spots that you know if a wide receiver becomes available, or you know if an edge rusher becomes available, then you know, they'll, they'll go ahead and they'll make the move on that, but uh, they're not going to use them just to use them. And especially guys that may have more than one year of eligibility, we're looking at right now uh, the fact that there's no limit on how many guys you could sign in this upcoming cycle. So I don't think any schools are wanting to limit themselves on, on being able to bring in as, as many guys as, as they want to without having to use any loopholes whatsoever in this recruiting cycle. So I think – Kirby Smart's probably looked at all the numbers uh, several times and 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 kind of figured out what they need to do and and as you said they're just for them to bring in a guy at this point they would probably need to be a little bit of attrition uh, probably two or three guys that are walking on in year one but that puts them kind of right there at at that limit so if they're bringing in more than one guy in the transfer portal probably still need to have a guy or two leave as well so I think I think it's just all about maximizing uh the numbers that you have and as of right now there's still an 85 uh scholarship limit and and kirby smart's making sure every one of those 85 are you know guys that he thinks can help him win football games and i think if there's any coach in the country that's kind of mastered the art of that it's kirby smart since he came on board at georgia yeah it'll be something to follow i made sure in that story where i mentioned that there were no pickups i made sure and said as of today because you just never know, you know, what could happen. And as I kind of wrapped up that story, when it comes to the numbers, you know, be it Kirby Smart or whoever else, if there's a way to make a team better, you know, if there's a will, there's a way, because they're going to maximize every spot they can get on the roster. Yeah, he's done a great job doing that so far. And then you have to remember the fact that uh, got a couple guys potentially that can help the team out this year who transferred uh, last year and Eric Gilbert and, you know, Tyke Smith. Uh, those are guys that if they were in the transfer portal rankings th this year, uh, they would probably be pretty highly rated. I mean, we've got uh, outlets like Pro Football Focus already putting a Gilbert as one of the top five tight ends for, for next year's draft. Obviously, very, very early speculation there, but 
you know, if he has a big season, uh, he, he could be one of those guys because he's definitely got the potential to play on Sundays. And and if, you know, when he's able to suit up for Georgia in a game, I think a lot of fans are going to be happy to see the results of his uh, level of play because he's, he's a special player and he plays at a position group that I don't think there are any equals in college football. And I haven't really seen a group like the tight end group that Todd Hartley has at Georgia right now, but I still think that Todd Monken would probably find some ways uh, to get Gilbert the ball. So uh, right there, that's an elite pass catcher that, that Georgia got without going this year to the transfer portal. Yeah, that's a good problem to have when it comes to tight end. Well, we're going to wrap it up uh, right there. I'll just make sure and tell everybody to be on the lookout. In the next couple of days, we'll come back and have another podcast. Going to do a mailbag. We're going to talk about what's going to be probably another big weekend as far as recruiting and visits, people coming in uh, to check out Athens. But we're going to finish right here for this episode. I'll say thanks again to Kip for hopping on with me. Thanks for everybody listening, watching. Be sure to rate, subscribe, share this episode. Uh, We'll let you go there. Keep cool out there and uh, make sure that uh, you stay on top of everything going on on the message board, all the stories we got. Uh, It's still a very busy time of year, even though football is not in session, and uh, I have no doubt it's going to stay that way. Uh, So we're going to get out of there on that. Thanks, everybody. And until next time, take care.